Hey, how's it going? Uh, just wanted to give a quick disclaimer to this episode. We enjoyed the episode. Great episode. Great guests. Uh, we love James Cole Cash. But the thing that when I re-listened to it, I did some research on my own. There was a couple of things I wasn't comfortable just letting stand there as unchallenged uh, claims or to be seen as views of the show because I didn't feel like they were conclusive enough. One was I wasn't sure based on like further research I did, how airtight the Assad blood money claim was against Jimmy Dore. And also, to be 100% honest, I just don't know anything about Syria. It's not my wheelhouse. I don't know about Syria or Assad. I have my strong points and I have my blind spots and that's one of my blind spots. I just don't know about that topic. So I didn't feel really qualified to weigh in on that topic and guide a discussion on that topic responsibly in retrospect because I just don't even know why pro-Assad position supposed to be bad or what the underlying conflict is. And, you know, I've seen people take different stances on it. And like one day of research is not enough even now for me to understand the topic. So the third thing is I also wasn't 100% sure it was even fair to try to relate it to the current topic because I was like, when re-listening, I'm not sure this stance, whether good, bad, right, wrong, true, false, gives any reflection on if the stance of his on Medicare for all floor vote is wrong or that he's a bad faith actor in it. Like, it seems like two different issues. And if there was an argument explicitly or implicitly made to say that uh, here's why his stance on this issue is so connected to his stance on the Medicare for all floor vote issue that it's a conflict of interest and he can't be trusted to be uh, objective or fair on the floor vote issue. That would have been one thing, but I wasn't sure that was clearly established. So for those reasons, just wanted to um, give that disclaimer. I think I could have handled that part of the interview better, even if I didn't know about the topic. But uh, live and learn. Uh, enjoy the show anyway. Well, we still think it's a great show and entertaining one, and we think you'll enjoy it. Take care. Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning and let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. So instead of asking us where the YouTube is located, where the Patreon is located, where the merchandise is located, you can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, in addition to the existing Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes, we're also giving people invites to the new voice social media networking club, Clubhouse. 
So right now it's closed off. It's in beta testing. You have to be an iPhone member. But if you join Patreon and through Patreon, join the Discord, you will be able to get uh, Clubhouse invites. And the reason why we want people to get those Clubhouse invites is because we're doing a lot of stuff with the creators and the podcast fans. And you need to get invited to take part of that, including a new weekly creator and fans show that we've started over there where you get to interact with us and with each other so definitely become a patron for five dollars a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and without further ado here is the episode take care hey so we have with us cole james cash and i just want to give you a chance to introduce yourself for the people who don't know i mean everyone listening knows this is t this is t you could uh and where to find me so but yeah uh cole let us know what's going on so, you know, let me give you let me give you other answer. First of all, I'm one of the most handsomest men to ever do a podcast, man. That's number one. Okay. I need I need to let that be known. Secondly, yes, my name is Cole James Cash. Um I am a um you know, I'm I'm a pretty far leftist, you know. I don't like to give myself labels because I'm more about action, but if you were to label me, have, yeah, you know, I'm on the communism spectrum. You know, like how my son is legitimately on the, you know, autism spectrum. I'm on the communism spectrum, you know. I don't claim to fully understand shit or fully understand all the theory that I've read, et cetera. My, um, my associates is an art. So yeah, man, like I, I run a, I have a, sh- I had a show called Ghetto's News Network and then I sold it to Means TV. They own the name now that we have a show in development. My homegirl, just Dahlia St. Knives. And now I run the Cole James Cash Show. You can see it at youtube.com slash Cole James Cash Show. Also at patreon.com slash Cole James Cash Show. I am, uh, I think one of the biggest moments I've had in, just in podcasting because I was doing music, as you know, your man T.D. Williams, he wrote a, what, six-page article about me back in 2014 where I did one of those two famous things I did was I did a album about all my favorite big girl porn stars and then I got, you know, my porn, porn star home girl on the cover and then um, I did an album about Street Fighter. I would get shot up. And then, so when I got shot up, I took a break. Um, me and my kid's mom broke up. And then I just started, you know, I joined East Bay DSA. First, I joined Silicon Valley DSA. But then I went and joined East Bay DSA because it was, you know, back out in the East Bay where I'm from. And I started just putting in work. And then, uh, you know, I have, this, this, I have a show, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm also known as the son of Sam Cedar, you know. Um, literally, I, I, I once... You know, I called Sam Cedar one time and said that he's a deadbeat dad and that the only way he could avoid playing child support is to appear on my show. He thought it was hilarious. You know, that's that's pretty much me, man. I'm I'm not one to eat them for this man. First of all, shout out to my man Andre and all the resistance noir crew, man. It was all good dudes. But Andre, he's a he's a very intellectual dude, man. He watches what he says in public because I talk to that nigga in private. He's exactly like me, but me. I am out there with my bullshit, man. I am out there with it, man. Every problematic thought I got, I will throw that shit out there. You know, I will call Ben Shapiro a bitch-ass nigga and say he's short and he'd be stuffed in a locker, all that shit, man. I have no qualms about talking my shit. You know, I also have no qualms about supporting City Girls and Cardi B. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, let me say something, man. And I need to be honest with you. Uh If you... Give me two mixtapes to listen to and you put Rhapsody in front of me. I am not touching that shit, my nigga. That shit better be produced all by Alchemist or Madlib for me to even think about it, man. So you're not feeling Rhapsody at all? No. And, and, and listen to me. She's extremely talented. Very well-versed. Excellent wordplay. 
but I want to hear what Cardi B talking about, man. I want to hear that scandalous shit, man. I, I, I like to be entertained, you know? I like to be entertained. And it's it, it just, it's, it's, I do politics all the time. I do, I like to see female empowerment. It's not that I deny her talent, but bro, I listen, I have to deal with this shit 24 hours a day in politics, man. I just want to unwind and listen to Cardi B talking about robbing niggas, man. But like, uh, they're trying to they're trying to get her into politics and I'm like, don't do that. Just let her be let her be her. Like everybody doesn't have to be weighing in on some deep stuff, you know? I, I think this about Cardi is that she has the great idea, but she's not gonna be one of these Twitter leftists that doesn't say retarded, you know? Now I don't yeah. say retarded because I understand, you know, I, I'm in this world, I get it, you know, I understand. But you gonna try to get her for that, bro? She doesn't care, bro. She's from the fucking South Bronx, man. Like, you go to the project, go to Soundview right now. Be like, y'all niggas can't say the other F word or retarded. Bro, they're liable to shoot you for that. Am I wrong? No, you're telling the absolute you, truth. You're not telling niggas not to say something, dude. That's not the world we live in. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, hopefully there's the social norms that become more acceptable. But, bro, like, you're not going to stop that like that. So, to, you can't enforce our standard of leftism on nobody, man. That's that's what a lot of these cats don't be understanding. It's not that it excuses, you know, quote-unquote working-class ignorance, but it's like, yo, man, that's the real world, man. Cats don't be giving a fuck. There's bigger shit to worry about than who mispronounced who shit what where. Niggas is out here dying, man. So, you know, you're not trying to hear that. But you've got a pretty interesting... Uh story because you've seen you've seen some shit and and <laughs> you come to uh leftism and politics from a very different place than a lot of um other people in this in this space and i was wondering like uh have you found that to be a good thing and have you found it to be a bad thing because i because i have to imagine it's a lot of times just probably some culture clash or oh no, you know, like, i've had things where people make a joke and i'm like eh, that's not really I don't really get that. I don't understand it. You know, but I'm curious how, how your experience has been with all that. Okay. Let me put it to you like this, man. The reason why I started doing a show is because I remember Michael Brooks and there's a woman, her name is Dominique Remy, Canary filmmaker. Very, very good woman. Very beautiful. She's making an awesome movie about um, maternity death rates among black and women of color. Very good person. I was originally, Michael was like, yo, you should, you should do a podcast, bro. Like, I'm thinking about it, you know, because I would call, because I worked in the group home for like a decade I, on and off because obviously I got, you know, I got shot up in 2016. I got shot up in 2016 before I released my biggest album. And that album had like Sky Zoo, Black Poet, all my niggas from um, Broken Home Crew, my man F.U. Spit Jams, like Chris Rivers, Big Punson. Like, I had a big album on the way. Oh, so Dot X is on the album too. Oh, or? Yeah, man. Like, it was, it's, it's literally had them playing like Street Fighter characters. I had them rapping in character. Oh, nice. Yeah, man. It was, it was a big deal. And then I got shot and I didn't want to do anything. So basically, man, like I started this show because I was like, yo, man, like Michael's dope, man. But I can't I can't take what he's doing to the hood, man. Like I can't say, suggest what they're doing. Like I love Sam C. He's a funny dude, man. Sam Cedar, man. Let me tell you something, man. That nigga will pull up. He will pull up in your mentions. He was on his show, man. Like, he be telling Jimmy Dore and them niggas, like, yo, so you want to come through and talk about it? You want to talk? Ten pool. You want to talk about it? 
Dave Rubin. You want, yeah. you want to come through? Yeah, he's been trying to get Dave Rubin on for a while, and Dave Rubin's been ducking him like left and right. I mean, but Jimmy Dore, though, man, it's like, yo, man, you talk a lot of shit, bro, but Sam Cedar got your manhood on deck. You got to show up, but you won't leave, bitch, you know? That's some bitch made shit. And I'm not one to say that, you know, to talk that type of shit, but, bro, like, he one of them cats, man, I just don't really got no respect for, man. And that a lot of it got to do with the way Jimmy Dore be talking about Anna Kasparian and Shank Yuga. It don't matter what you think of them politically. Those were your people, man. They fucked with you. They got money with you. You don't throw them under the bus. Anna Kasparian's a good person, bro. Very good person. You know? Like, nah, man. Anyway, so my, my point is, is like, I look at Sam Cedar, I'm like, yo, this is cool, but this is for other, like, intellectuals. And I'm not saying I'm a super intellectual, but, you know, I'm a pretty smart guy. I get the, I get the humor. I watch Seinfeld, you know? Um, so I'm like, yo, I need to start a show where it's just like, I'm on some negative shit, but it's like leftism, you know? So the, the first show that I did, I would just like take news items and I'd say, Hey, yo, this is how it affects us. This is how it affects the hood. Now I speak Spanish. So I'd just be like, you know, this is how it's going to affect Latino people in this way, that way, you know, I did, but the, here's one of the best episodes I've ever done. And I'm not joking. There's, I still think this is the best episode I'm ever going to do. I did a breakdown of MS-13. And I know a former MS-13 member, man. Not former. That nigga still, he ain't never left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. But, and I tried to explain to these people, man. MS runs no hoods. They run nowhere. And in California, you know, this is the home of gangbanging, man. This is, this is, it's no games out here. Like, yeah. respect, for, respect to New York, man, because, you know, the blood sets, they get it in. But a guy like 6'9", would never exist out here. I mean, I don't think people in New York will even, I mean, not anybody's being honest. I don't think anyone in New York would even try to pretend otherwise. Yeah, you can't, you can't do, certain New Yorkers will break rules like, you know, set changes and things like that. And it's, it's it, listen to me, this is not like, no disrespect, it's not that, but you can't do that out here. And one, one thing about 6 9 is that like, they gave him the game in prison. You never get that out here. And if you did get it and you planned on doing what he did, you'd be dead. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. Makes like sense. like certain, certain rule things, like say for instance, Jim Jones being 45, talking about, you know, super violating things like that. It's like, bro, like there's just certain rules that we have out here that are just different you know and like i said it's got no disrespect to new york man because i am not getting my face cut when i get back out there it's not that <laughs> it's just that there's it just hasn't been around long enough to establish certain rules if that but, makes but, sense but also it's not it's not organic like it's not organic to new york so there's no type of tradition passed down from like ogs and elders it's something that they kind of just stood in the prisons out here but it's like a lot of it is like off of hearsay in movies and trying to retroactively fit it into New York culture. But like people here do things like, you know, one year there'll be a blood and then three years later they'll be saying that they're a crip and weird stuff like that. And people in here, you know what else is different here? People in here, like they'll, they'll be getting into it like old. And my homies who are from like uh, LA and stuff will be telling me, yeah, we started like young, like 12 and stuff. These people will be like in their mid twenties and later getting into it. It's, it's very different. Like for, you know, you know, before I continue about what I was saying about MS-13, you're making a good point because for, for in the, in the Bay area, we don't, the only people who ban colors are, are Latinos, particularly Mexicans, like 
bloods and clips steps are not allowed in the Bay Area. That's why you never hear about it um, out here. That's it. It's, you go to the Valley, you go up north to Sacramento, you go down south, there's bloods and clips. We don't have that out here. So what you do have now, if I wanted to, yeah, I could have been a Northaniel, you know, without a doubt, you know, but I'm not. Gang shit's not really for me. But like, I would have to have joined at like 13, 10, 11, 12, like you said. Being 18, 19 and don't doing that, you can't, it's not viewed the same you know yeah, yeah so it's yeah, like yeah. when i look at when i look at people like you know i'm not being disrespectful when i look at some of them harlem dipset niggas and they were throwing out blood and this and that it's like bro like y'all don't even have it like that like why would you want to do that why would you want to jump into this it's, shit's deadly but also like i don't even understand like why not resurrect one of those old because they used to have like a gang culture and in New York, you mean you mean like I'm gonna quote Sean Price: "Decept the death of striking nigga till hand callous." Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> like you, know, you could even go back to like you know the 70s and 80s gangs and resurrect one of them. Like I just don't understand why um, they want to become Bloods and Crips, but I think it was just kind of popping. It was just kind of uh, that's what was in the culture at the time, and they just they just did it. But I think just doing that from jump, you're already kind of losing. Exactly, man. So yeah, like so I I was you know like I said you know I was trying to explain to people because at the time like MS was all the rage, and it's like bro, you niggas don't understand no no journalist would like mentions the key thing that everyone knows in the street which is what the 13 stands for now i'll break this down just a little bit for you users you know because you know i know you got a lot of niggas listening you know i don't know if they may be from cali or not so i'll just let them know there are two numbers in numer- gang numerology for mexicans in california that really is is it's nationwide if you're you know regardless it's 13 and 14 which 13 and 14 13 is that's basically mexican mafia man that's that's southern and sureños they rock blue they are the gigantic majority bro like nationwide but there's a cutoff in bakersfield right that cutoff from bakersfield up north those are northerners north daniels that's got 14 they rock red extremely small because they only really have Northern California. And it's really just a response to Southerners. This division happened because in prison, um, you know, they would they would shit on northern Mexicans because a lot of them were farm workers, you know, because in the you know, before Silicon Valley came and fucked everything up, this is farmland out here. You feel me? Yeah. So a lot of those Mexicans were migrants, you know, and so they hated on them niggas. So they said, fuck y'all, we splitting. Right. So what this 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 is significant because what the 13 is, is when they says Marasaba Trucha 13, what that was was MS was doing so much out in L.A. because the Mexicans were fucking with them that they were like, yo, listen, Mexicans were like, you either come fuck with us or we going to erase that ass. So they said, OK. So what that means is the Salvadorians, which are not very big in number, they can't make a move unless the Mexicans say so. They can't make money unless they kick up to the Mexicans. It's just the way it is, man. So when, and let's say in prison, this is something the family member told me, like, MS, they're considered Southerns, like Southern Mexicans. Mm. So it's it's with the, this, this weird dynamic that MS is, like, wreaking havoc. Bro, they wreak havoc among their own. Like, they got strict-ass rules. And you know what the saddest part is? Like, when I worked in a group home, like, I met a couple of kids that were in MS. Bro, they're just regular-ass kids, man, looking to belong like any other gang member, man. You want to know what's crazy? MS-13 is out in force on, yeah, yeah, I'm aware. on Long Island. Of yeah, places. I'm aware. And they don't have that much territory, bro. They're just yeah. there. Yeah, they have a lot of... Uh, for some reason, they got a lot of... Um, 
migrants in Long Island. They have like, it used to be a black part of Long Island, which is now full of uh, Latino immigrants. And MS-13 um, is now is now there, which surprised the hell out of me because my mom still lives in Long Island. And you see the 13 up like all over there. I was very, I was very shocked. Yeah, like I said, they could throw up that dresser, but they really, they have no controlling stake in anything. Because you can't, without Mexican approval, you ain't doing nothing. Um, I mean, and, 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 and I had, you know, best way to put it, man, out of every gang, out of every gang, man, like every, this is well known. The Mexicans are so regimented, man. It's extremely regimented. That shit, you, it's like a for life thing with them. With niggas, it's like, yo, I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna be in prison. All right, I'm getting out. Like, you can retire. Not with the Mexicans, bro. That's just for life. You can't leave. They do retribution like nobody. <laughs> they do, oh, like cut off heads. Like, like some of this shit. No, no, hold on. Now, that's the, that's the, that's out in Mexico. That's out yeah, in Mexico. Yeah. Now, out now, Mexico. now, you know, like this, you know, what's hilarious too about Mexican gangs is like, you can't be from Mexico and really join a Mexican gang, which is hilarious, man. They, they, they do discriminate. Like you can't be, um, I don't want to use any like, you know, slurs, but there's a, there's a word in Mex- Mexican Spanish particular that they, they call them paisas, which is someone who's, you know, freshly immigrated here from Mexico. You can't just join a gang, bro. Like you have to, you know, you have to click up with somebody who's from a Mexican, Mexican clique. It's, it's, it's wild like that. You know, it's like, for instance, if I'm from, like, if I'm from, you, from, you, you know, your family's from Haiti, if I'm from Haiti, bro. I'm not just going to be moving up in the blood like that. Niggas going to be like, get this Haitian thing out of my face, bro. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's the same dynamic, man. But yeah, basically I did this expose on MS and I tried to explain to people, man. This is a regular ass, very small clique that answers to a much larger, much bigger, much more organized crew. You not fucking with them, you know? And, and it's just like, when every time MS tries to do something, bro, they always get run out. And I, why, I guarantee you, out in Long Island, they're 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 committed to a certain boundary that they don't cross. But let me ask you, why do you think they got so big in the mind of the the white media? Because they were bigging them up, like you know, they were just taking over everybody and running everybody out of town. It was kind of it's a very different story than what you're saying. Well, here's the thing: those cats, man, they wouldn't exist if we hadn't have been fucking with they trying to crush the communist rebellion out there, man. Like, that's really what it was, man. It, it, it was, you know, Reagan had a hard-on for the communists out in El Salvador, and you had death squads. You had, bro, there was a I, there was a, there was a Catholic bishop who was murdered. There were nuns that were raped and murdered in El Salvador. Bro, like, they, they, it was vicious what we did out there, what we sponsored out there. And a lot of those people who came here were from that civil war in the early 80s, mid-80s. So some of these cats were veterans, and people didn't know it. So what started happening was, was MS actually started out as like a punk rock clique where cats would get together, listen to music with them. But, you know, niggas was fucking with them. You know, mostly the Mexicans, they were beefing with them like Latinos and they don't get along like that. You feel me? Um, you know, cats from different spots don't get along like that. It's the same reason like you put 20 Nigerians and 20 niggas in the room. They're not going to click up like that. You know what I mean? It's going to be a different dynamic. And I mentioned this example because I saw a hilarious example one time at another job. But anyway, basically, so in in the 80s and early 90s, these cats who were war veterans, man, they would take a machete and just viciously murder. Yeah, they they would they would they would put in work on niggas. And when and but the thing is, is that they mostly get their own. What I mean by this is like, for instance, there was this this case out in Virginia where this woman was like pregnant 
but she had snitched or some shit, and then they just gutted her and the kid, whatever, man. They just, it's, 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 they had these brutal flashes of just depraved murder, you know? But the thing is, is what people don't understand, they did that fighting our proxy forces. So don't get it twisted about any other way these guys operate. They operate because of us. It's the same reason, like, let's say, for instance, you can Google this. Guerra Sucia. G-U-E-R-R-A. Sucia. S-U-C-I-A. The Dirty War in Mexico. From 68 to 84, the CIA, okay, and this ain't no conspiracy, bro. The CIA helped and assisted and trained anti-communist forces in Mexico. Then when the war was, you know, when they stopped raping and murdering and torturing communists, all of a sudden drug cartels appeared. You know, what we do in Latin America breeds this stuff. This is our fault, bro. MS started in the United States of America. Mara Salvatrucha doesn't exist unless we do what we do and then we bring them here. Then we throw them in the middle of a bunch of other Latinos. Think about this, like in Somalian immigrants, say Ilhan Omar, she's in Minnesota. You don't throw them out in East Oakland where there's a chance that shit could get fucked up, you know? Niggas is going to fuck with you. You know, so it's just like, you know, that that was a hard lesson that the United States learned doing that. And then what happened was they deported a bunch of them. I was going to say that next, uh, because a lot of them, but these people were raised like from young here. So a lot of them, you know, they don't really fit in uh, back back home like that. That's not even their home. No, actually, here's what here's what happened, bro. So check this out. So you had niggas that were from L.A. that hadn't really put in work, but they just sort of were around the culture and they were kind of members. Let's say they were in county for like six months and all that. They deported them, right? They went back to their countries and then they became bosses because they was fronting about who they were. Mm-hmm. And they started recruiting like crazy. And it just like, bro, like it just got out of control in Latin and in certain parts of Latin America, particularly like in Honduras and Guatemala and back in El Salvador, you know? So it's like, you know, you're right. You know, yeah, media makes a big deal, but they never make a big deal as to how they learn that shit. Who taught them? You know, who did they fight against to where taking a machete was okay? It was it was our proxy forces out there. And the funny thing is, is the dude who headed that that, you know, was one of the heads of that proxy war. I forget his name. He also was heading things out in Venezuela, you know, recently. Mm. So it's like this cycle doesn't end, bro. And nobody learns from it because no one wants to tell the truth about it. Yeah. And and, and the thing is, that's why I'm telling you, like that MS-13 episode I did was very, very necessary because I just feel like, let's be honest, man. Like how many black and Latino leftist commentators are there really? How many, man? Not a lot. And who, who, who of them comes from a background to even get into this shit? Because I look at, I'll give, I'll give an example, you know, I have nothing against this, this young lady, Brianna Bree Joy. Brianna Bree Joy is not from these streets, man. So she can't tell that story, you know? She can't tell that story. You know, she's doing what she do right now, this force of vote, whatever, whatever, bro. But she can't tell that story. She's going to tell her story from the perspective she understands. You know, she's a passionate young lady, but she can't tell that story. I think it goes two ways, too, in that uh, there's not a lot of people who are from where you're from who can talk to these white leftists as well. So it's like it, it goes it goes to it goes two ways. They can't really communicate to that crowd. But also there's not a lot of people in that crowd, you know, who might be able to move in in their circles as well. So it is a very uh, important bridge. I mean, an important divide to bridge. Now, you know, now we can get into why I'm like that. OK, so. Yeah. Um, so both my parents are college educated. But here's what happened. My dad, my dad was um, Vietnam, Vietnam veteran and this and that. And 
he was just really fucked up, man. His my grandfather was a World War II veteran. I'm gonna la- I'm the last veteran, bro. I'm not my son, absolutely not. So it's just like his dad, my grandfather was just you know World War II clearly fucked him up. So he and my my grandmother died when my dad was like eight years old. This is like sixty four, sixty five. So my dad grew up in a world without love. So if you grow up not knowing or understanding love, how the fuck you don't love anyone else, bro? So my dad was extremely abusive and he was just very much always getting over and using people and this and that. But he's highly intelligent and politically he's pretty, he's pretty, pretty far to the left, right? So basically like what my dad with his issues with drugs and things like that and then eventually i would have issues with drugs my dad right like he in the few times because i was around my dad and then i wasn't he'd be around and he wouldn't be but he'd like he'd like talk about like books he'd talk about like fred hampton there was this book that he had called the best and the brightest which talked about the truth of the vietnam war like he'd talk about that shit right and so what my dad, my dad's abusive issues and r- he ran my mom's credit into the ground and that's what made us poor. If you take away what my dad did, I would have grew up in the suburbs, bro. You know, I would have grew up in the suburbs. Yeah. So it's like you have two educated parents. So the, I lucked out with that, but I ended up having experiences that were just, just fucked up for me and my siblings. You know, so like that's why I ended up coming from that because you're right. Bro, imagine... You know, you, you never seen when I confronted Matt Chrisman in West Oakland, did you? Uh, I heard about it, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see it. Matt Chrisman's a good dude, but it's like, I remember telling the niggas, man, like, yo, you should call yourself Chapo Trap House. I don't see no trap niggas, bro. Because I had just two weeks before I was on Jake Flores' podcast, like, talking about this. Yeah, I listened to that one. I heard you on Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, I heard you on Jake Flores' podcast. I definitely, yeah, I was, yeah, I went I in. Him. Yeah. Then I did it to his face. And not because I dislike him, but because I like you dudes. But you not. He's like, and I remember he was like, we had Justin Jackson. I'm like, yeah, you got these safe niggas on. That's cool. You know, you got a member of the fucking Chargers, dude. Come on, man. Like, you need to have people that really represent that experience. It became a, well, I don't decide that, et cetera. Which, you know how it goes. You know, I, I get it, man. Matt don't owe me nothing. And he's a good dude, man. He, he, he talked to me. But the one who really came to holler at me was Felix Biederman. He was like, yo, I saw what happened. And he became a patron of my show and then promoted it, man. You know? And then he came on my show and I grilled him. And he took it, you know? And I tried to explain to him, man, like, you all be, y'all be thinking it's irony. But ask my brother Jamil about his, his, his time in federal prison, you know? For exactly that, trapping. You know, it's like, like, you, you know, if, if, if it's only irony and you not mean it, why are you using our cultures to get over? Why are you using El Chapo's name to get over? Y'all making racks, racks. You should be taxed on that shit. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I'm using very extreme examples, but what they would, would sort of Felix needed to understand that. And he did. And I'm always grateful for him to that. You could do, man. Um, I am more tolerant than say my boy Andre, man. He don't give a fuck, man. He's like, yo fuck this person but him and felix are cool i'm not talking he's not i'm not speaking for money but sometimes i'll be talking to you like yo why do you talk to this person man? like yo i'm trying to you know i'm trying to keep everybody together andre is a, andre's a vicious dude man oh andre will be like why do you talk to x person or y person yeah yeah he, he'll, he'll hit me with that sometimes man because he's just like my boy adam hudson andre we're talking about andre domis man he's my mentor man literally my mentor and yeah, he's that knows a lot. bro i've never been so intellectually intimidated in my life man like, I want no problems with that guy. So what I do is I'll do this. I'll be like, so Andre, man, you know, why didn't you? Okay, this is a, so we're going to have a show 
um, when I get to um, Toronto, it should be about next month when I drive over there, because um, I got a spot in Canada, this and that, called the Andre and Andre Show. And um, basically, it's going to be non-political, right? And so let me tell you something. I have this big crush on Wendy Muse, okay? You, you know who Wendy Muse is? Oh, yeah. She's, she's been on the podcast. Oh, yeah, she has. I have a yeah. big crush on her, man. And I haven't interacted with her, not, not even joking, probably it would be almost two and a half years. And I had this big crush on her, right? And I didn't tell anyone because, bro, Wendy doesn't fuck around, man. Like, her timeline is just constantly depressing. Just like that nigga Andre. But Andre is like, I can fuck with him because we cool. Yeah, yeah. But, but one time I, you know, I'm going to press him because I, I you know, I'm going to be 100% honest. My, my partner is Native American and white, okay? I'm not Native, excuse me. First Nations Canadian and white. Bro, she's going to kill me, man. God damn it. <laughs> Card-carrying Native, man. Her and Andre are really cool because they're both Canadian. Like, you know, Andre's a great guy, man. He'll, he'll, he looks after a lot of people. And so I'll be fucking with him. I'm like, yo, you, you know, I didn't tell you this, but I had a crush on Wendy, man. And why do you don't want to see black love, man? You know, <laughs> here I am stuck with this white passing native. And I, it could have been me and Wendy. She just had a kid, man. I'm, I'm glad she's doing good. But I want Andre to know, man, he doesn't support black love, you know? And then, and then I'll just like, what I'll do is I'll fuck with him. And I'll be like, April rain, man. Why didn't you hook me up, man? You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, okay, bro. You know, it was hilarious too. Like recently yeah. I'm, I've been like Dr. CBS, man. He's like, bro, she'd be rejecting cats left and right. Forget it. You know, and I, I just do this just for fun. Dr. CBS is really intelligent. Oh, really. Be, oh yeah, man. And it's like, now if you follow me on Twitter, which you do, you know, I'd be on some bullshit. I don't even try with them. Okay. Then there's Nina. Nina Monet, okay? I have her phone number. Me and her are really cool. But, bro, she be threatening to block me every other month with my bullshit. I think I said something about, like, trying to fuck Caitlyn Bennett, gun girl, whatever, you know? said some dumb shit like that, which I, I'll do that from time to time. Why? Because I don't give a fuck. That's why. Because it's fucking funny, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't care, you know? Like, it's I'm just trying to have fun. But, Wendy, if you're listening, just know that. Andre didn't make any effort to introduce me to you, and I'm sure you wouldn't last five minutes in conversation before either hanging up the phone or being just completely annoyed. So it's probably a good thing he didn't, you know? Because you told me that too. He's like, bro, she she would fucking kill you, you know? What is it, Andre? Andre? An Andre thing? That's just that's a show. It's gonna be it's, 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 it's gonna be it's gonna be a non-political show, man. I'm just I'm gonna go to his house and we're bro. We're just gonna talk about like video games, right? Let's say you know how you have this discourse about tall women and shit. Yeah. yeah, I will discuss my dating life, bro. You you think my regular life is wild? My dating life is insane, bro. I I had a secret relationship with my kid's mom for ten years. Damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm I wasn't a good. I, my kid's mom deserved better. Like I'm not even asking on the moral level. I'm talking about the logistical level. Like that just seems like uh, it's just gonna be hard to maintain for ten years. Like that's oh, it was that's on like, and off like, for ten years, but okay. it, it, it look man. It was an ex- it's a very expensive and painful endeavor. You know why? Because the other woman, I had known her for over 20 years. We were close as kids and I ruined this woman. Even we haven't spoken in four years. This woman knows me like the back of her hand, bro. Like she knows what I'm going to do before I do it. You know, it was crazy. She would even this other woman would have tells on when I was lying. Like she. Oh, God, I hated it. Whereas my kid's mom was very she was kind of naive. You know, and and I don't say this because she's ignorant. She was just naive, and I took advantage of her trust. You know, and it was it was so life destroying when that happened, bro. That happened in 2017 when I, it all came crashing down. 
um, me and my kid's mom were renting a house out in Arizona and she went through my emails and you know, I, I, it wasn't good, bro. She wanted to keep, she, yeah, it was bad. But, um, basically man, like with Andre, I'm, I'm going to be discussing my dating life, you know, um, several instances of just me being unfaithful, et cetera. And I'm comfortable talking about it because I went to therapy and I, and I came to an understanding as to why I was doing this. Now I was doing this because I'll just tell you all, because I wanted to feel loved. I never felt like anyone would stick with me. And that was tied to my dad always abandoning me. Like, and I always felt like, well, everyone's going to do that. So you have to have a backup plan or you're always going to be alone. I did everything I could not to be alone. And I ended up just that, you know, it's, 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 it would have been better if my dad would have stayed gone in doing what he did because the psychological effects within my family were devastating. Now, imagine if I told Wendy Muse this shit, bro. She'd be fucking like, I am not getting anywhere near your ass. Did you ever get did you ever get any closure of any sort with your dad, even if it was just on your own? Like, um, No. Last time last time we spoke, he halfway threatened to kill me, so no. That's a shame. I hate to hear yeah, that. He, he, he told me I was a worthless this, that, the other, so I just... There's, there's nothing to talk about at that point, you know, like I, I, you know, a lot of niggas be making jokes about niggas being fatherless and this and that. And I have to because it's fucking funny. But that's the real thing, man. Like it can it can be devastating because my mom couldn't do everything, you know. Yeah. My dad's such a smart guy. He's like he's a he's a very renowned teacher. Not joking, man. Highly intelligent teacher. But he's 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 just dumb in his personal life. And he always will be because he's not he didn't seek the help I saw it, mm-hmm. you know. He doesn't look at himself in the mirror and say, damn. And I've never abandoned my son. My son is like very close to me, you know, and I'm never going to leave him. Whereas my dad just fucking, it's just whatever to him, you know? So yeah, man, it's, 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 that's why I did that. But to talk about those things, because it's fun, like, bro, like I'll, I'll give an, I'll give an example, man. Like one of the worst questions I ever get when I dated, how many women you've been with? And there's the saddest part about me. In 2005, when I got to 30, I stopped counting. And it was because, like, I had this goal to reach then. And, 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 and it's just like, this tells you again, this is not me bragging. This tells you how lonely I felt that I felt I had to sleep with a lot of women to feel constantly loved or wanted. That's really what that's tied to. Dudes who are, you know, you're going to have phases where, you know, you sleep with women and this and that, but you grow out of it because you want to invest in something or someone. But to me, like niggas who are heavily invested in this and that, you're, you're, you're searching for something. You're searching for a feeling. It's like a drug. It's a feeling. And you're chasing that. And I was chasing that. And I don't say it's dude shouldn't do that. It's not that. But it should stop when you, when I got with my kid's mom, my words should have meant something. It's like rapper Mayhem Loren says, you know, if you're not showing me loyalty, you're not showing me love. But I, you know, I think the problem with that uh, is that when you are with people to kind of fix a hole of abandonment, when they show that they're willing to um, stay with you, it's also hard to appreciate that because... I think what ends up happening is the fact that they're willing to stay with you starts making you think a little bit less of them in some subconscious way because you, you, I, I that's just my personal that's just my personal experience like when you expect like a certain amount of abandonment when it doesn't happen it's hard to uh trust or you almost start de- devaluing the person who is willing to stay like uh What's wrong with you? Like, why are you willing to stay? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, you know, which was dumb on my behalf. I had a, I, I, I will say this in public, the woman that was close to me and friends with me was one of the most loyal people I ever had in my life, man. And ruining that and 
I'll be honest too, losing our child was just devastating. It was just, it was hard, man. Like there was just a lot of difficult things that led me to do what I did and none of them justify what I did at all. But a tragedy, man, it, 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 can, it can break you sometimes and mentally it fucked me up and put me into habits that I shouldn't have got in. Now you mix drugs with that shit, man. It just, it just worsens it, you know? You mix heroin with it, it just worsens it, you know? And, and so it's just like, it's, you know, it's, it's, you, you told me I've, you know, I've had a wild ass life. Like, yeah, I have, you know, and, and, and a lot of it was really fucked up and really sad, you know? And, and so it's, this is why it's important for me to try to like tell people and talk to people say, Hey, you ain't the only one that's cheated. You ain't the only one that's fucked up. You ain't the only one that slept with an ugly bra because you needed drug money. You know, you ain't the only one, bro. You ain't the only one. You know, it's like, it's like, I just want people to, of color especially to know like, yo, every, every, every person who has a podcast didn't have a degree. Shout out to my nigga Big Nixon. I know, I know he's going through some things right now. You know, Cash is not fucking with him. Some Cash is fucking with him, but shout out Ben Dixon, man. But everybody don't have his background. You know, his background of, you know, the HBCU is a good dude, man. Like like I said, I don't agree with everything he's doing and saying, but he's a good dude, you know, but everyone don't have that background. But on the other hand, I don't want to be so fucking ignorant that everybody can't understand and relate. You know, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, but I'm still going to say it in a way that's that's simple that everyone can understand. I'm not, you know, I'm not with a shout out my nigga uh, Ben Burgess, man, my, my dude Ben Burgess. But I see telling like Ben, bro, I can't do what you do, man. I can't be sitting with these kids. Like when I got um, when I did a debate with Nico House, you ever seen that debate, bro? Um, I didn't see that. I think I saw you with Jesse Lee Peterson. I saw you. Oh, with, I saw that, <laughs> that was a funny one. And actually, you know what? I saw part of the one with Nico House, but I wasn't sure who Nico House was. And when I don't know um, who somebody is and where they're coming from, I didn't really follow it too well. And Nico House, he's who was who was he again? I I remember okay. he's a clean shaven dude, right? With, with this nigga. Now listen to me. Yeah. yeah. On Twitter, how often do you see me calling people coons and sellouts? Almost never. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that. You know, you know, time, if yeah. you think about it, I don't really beef with anyone. And a lot of it has to do with if I'm gonna say it on here or you gonna catch it in person. And with Nico House, that nigga's a sellout, that nigga's a scammer, that nigga's a grifter. And as I told him in my in my debate, he's like, I got family in Oakland, you got family out here, you let me know when you out here, so we got I can I'll let you. And we can discuss this face to face since you want to be disrespectful with it. And I mean every fucking word. But what, like I said, though, what he does is what he is, is he's on this. He's on like Jimmy Dore shit with a with a little bit of Pizzagate, a little bit of, you know, just Trump supporting. He was on OAN two months ago. Um, yeah. And it turns out I'm thinking of someone else because he's not clean shaven. I'm looking at him now. He's like a li- little goatee. So no, no, I'm looking at the right guy. Yeah. There are some descriptions I have for him, but I'm not going to use them on your podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'd like to discuss in a very black way when we get off here. But um, basically, man, like that nigga is just awesome. Somehow shit. So here's what happened. He what he did was he was like talking about he was coming at Anna Kasparian foul. And then so Michael Brooks was like, yo, man, this ain't cool. He got at him. And then Nico got at Michael. No, it's not that I'm awesome. I'm going to help out my white friend on some massive shit. I'm like, nah, man, this dude gets away with so much because white folks can't say what needs to be said. I said, let me take care of this. I was like, because he ain't never fucked with no real nigga before. So I kept fucking with him, man. I kept calling him out. Like, I, you know, it's rare that I'll do that, but I'm like, nah, bro. 
nah, 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 you letting them white folks, you let, you, you, you get, you let, it's cool letting them white folks get at you, but I'm gonna get at you. So he agreed to a debate. Okay, cool. So shout out, shout out my girl, Deanna, man. She does a lot of my research. She does a lot of research for me and Nomiki Kant. Shout out Nomiki. I spoke, talking to her for about an hour yesterday. She's really cool. Deanna does this research for me, man. And she just gives me all kinds of stuff on him. This dude, like she had everything. She had mugshot. She did, bro. She's like, ADD white woman, bro. She's wild, dude. She's great. And when I say ADD, I mean, I really should say she focused on it. So, but one thing, one thing that got at me was he had these posts where he's talking about, I'm fluent in Spanish and Portuguese. I said, oh, are you? Because I am, my nigga. Let's go. So in the beginning of the debate, he starts off with, you know, he starts off running his mouth and this and that and the other. Now, he doesn't know that I pulled all these Reddit posts and this and that. Right in the beginning, you ever seen Inglorious Bastards, bro? No, I never saw that one. There's a part in the movie where these dudes are pretending to be Italian, and the German dude, not only he speaks German, he speaks English, he speaks Spanish, and he speaks Italian. It's wild, dude. It's dope. I pulled that dude's card instantly, and the look on his face, bro, I'll never forget it. He did not, he didn't, I don't think he really thought I was very smart, which I don't blame you because I definitely don't act like I'm very smart. Bro, I, I've, I've, I think I've taught, I've used the word pog about 14 times this week, bro. <laughs> that is not the mark of an intelligent man. I'm sorry, Wendy. Don't go to my timeline, Wendy. Just just let me follow you, please, Wendy. Okay? I don't want I don't want you to be skewed to all the dumb shit that I do. I like how I made this about Wendy Muse. Anyway, so basically, man, like, I had to get at him because he's just, bro, he was just like, here's what he'd do. Like, there'd be a question asked. And I'd give actual answers, and then he'd come back with, like, some just some fucking just dumb shit, dude. He is, It's like he's not living on this earth, man, but he's on some shit, sellout shit. No real... Here's the thing. When you're only surrounded by white folks, that's a problem to me. You know? It's like me. Like, I'm gonna keep it real with you, man. I keep mostly people of color company in politically. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I just shout out Ben Burgess, no Mickey, man. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Pegg's one of my closest comrades, bro. Like, real talk. Um, but I, I very much keep it close with a lot of people. Cause I told you, you know, my man, Adam Hudson, Mr. Pessimistic himself yeah, and, yeah. And, and Andre, man, like, yo, I'm close. And then I got my homegirl, Josh, you know, you know my, my, my homegirl, Jocelyn, you know, from the East Bay GSA that I mentor her. She's a good youngster. Got my man, Kenzo Shibata out of Chicago DSA, man. Very good dude. I try to, I keep my circle, you know, I keep the people of color, man. And any white folks that's down with me is because they down with what we're doing. But he be with, like, straight Trump-supporting, pizza-gating, just fucking dickheads, class reduction so, dickheads. So what is this, what is this deal? Like, like, he, um, he, he hangs out with Jimmy Dore, but he's into, um, he's into conspiracy stuff? Money. Money, nigga. I mean, shit, like, think about this. Think about Tariq Nasheed. What's he about? Money. And he gonna say and do whatever to get money. When you appear on OAN and you say you're a leftist, that don't go together. So he's supposed to be a leftist, but he does stuff that's not. Um, yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. I mean, it's it's. I got no respect for dude. Do you know why? Because it's like there's no there's no moral center. If you're gonna just shift wherever wherever the wind blows, I can't respect you. It's like it's like for instance, let's say let's say you know the some of these right wingers. Let's say Mitch McConnell, bro. I got a lot of respect for that dude, even though he's a piece of shit. You know why? Because he's committed to his shit, man. No matter what. $2,000 checks, now fuck you. Deficit, bro. Deficit. We got to get them tax cuts. 
fuck these niggas, man. Give a fuck about you. Give a fuck if you struggling, bro. That's commitment. If the left had one leader like that, we'd run shit. Mm. One. We just need one like Mitch McConnell that says, nah, fuck you. We're not doing that. Nah, 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 nah. Socialism like this, not Medicare for all. No, nah, we needs that. We need that too. And you know what? Yeah, we're not doing them tax because in fact, I'm raising taxes, nigga. Yeah, say what you will about that dude, but he's a fighter. I don't agree that's, with that's what I'm for, saying, but he's man. a fighter. And, and like I said, you know, I don't really get caught up in like insulting him and this and that. I'm like, yo, this is power, bro. This is power. You know what I'm saying? So speaking of power, I want to get into my idea. It's called Operation Seize Power. I got this idea, my nigga. I didn't even smoke no weed to get it to. This site, no, I'm committed. Um, it's called Operation Seize Power. I have this idea where you go to a website, right? And like I said, my shit's called the Cold James Cash Show. You know, like I said, Mean TV owns GNN. So, yeah, I can't really, like, I can't use it unless they, they have to give approval on everything, which I'm okay with because I got a car, my nigga. I got yeah. a car. Fuck. <laughs> do whatever y'all want to do. It's okay. It changed my life. You feel me? Oh, wait, oh, wait. Tell people what Means TV is in case they don't know. Oh, okay. So, Means TV, what they are is... Means TV seems the means of production TV, bro. Very small network. And they have X, you know, all their shows are based on just actual leftist stuff. They do documentaries. They they gave these two Latinas a camera out in, out in Oakland. And they basically had, to, you know, followed them around and let them discuss what it's life, like, like, life, what life is like for them, you know, living illegally and things like that. See, that's real shit to me. You know, what's it like when you living out here? It's supposed to be the Bay Area, but what's shit really like? Then you got uh, my niggas from Means Morning News, where they just concentrate. They just stay on the. They just stay on right wingers next, bro. All day, every day. And then you got my niggas from Southpaw Sports. You know what I'm saying? They, you know, they, they, they just man, it's just they keep it real, man. That's why I fuck with them. You know, it was a very specific decision to give it to them because I knew they'd be committed to action. They're not about performative shit, and neither am I. So basically, man, my idea would be like, let's say, okay, let's say, I'm going to give three, three examples. So you got my show called James Cash Show. I represent East Bay DSA. You got class, all right, McKenzie Ocean Bottom. They represent, um, he represents Chicago DSA. Then you got Antifada with Jamie and Sean. They represent, um, fuck, is it Brooklyn? I, I forget which Brooklyn DSA, because they got like a million DSAs. Yeah, they got a lot, lot bro. I think it's like, like yeah, I'm in Lower Manhattan DSA. Like, what the fuck? Damn. It's just like here we have Silicon Valley DSA, East Bay DSA, San Francisco DSA. I get it. So basically what I want it to be is, is like I, if I say, hey, you know what? People, let's say my homegirl, shout out my girl, Jennifer Arbuckle. She's another one of those ADD types. I keep saying ADD, very focused types who like, yo, committed. She does the, a lot of stuff on the East Bay DSA website. So I say, hey, Jennifer, can you input this, this, and this? So you input this stuff on this website, right? So let's say you can either do it by zip code or by state or by show. So you click on my show and it says, hey, I'm supporting this cause, this cause, this cause. Now, even though I'll be in Canada, yo, I'm still representing, mm-hmm. you know? Bro, I'm about to be 38 next month, man. I, and my leg is shot up. I'm retiring. Okay, but I'm not retiring fully. I'll be coming back, you know. But um, there's causes I want to support where you can either phone bank, you can either um, donate, or you can show up in person. So let's say, for instance, let's say, you know, because I'll be closer to Chicago than anything. And let's say Kenzo says, yo, man, you know, this and this strike's going on, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to be at that strike. Like the website will notice, will note it. Now, yo, he's going to be here in person, et cetera. So let's say there's smaller ones. Like my man who, you know, who runs Highland, Highland Bunker. This is a small, small Delaware-based um podcast let's say he wants to input say yo this is going on in delaware yo you know basically a database where people input what they want to with some things that they're supporting and things that they can donate phone bank or show up to 
Because here's the thing, man. I'm not with this hashtag activism. You know why? Because that ain't power to me. Everything I know about power and about politics is from the watching people in the dope game and watching street gangs. And when niggas who control shit don't talk like Jimmy Dore, wild niggas like that get done up real quick. They get put in their place real quick. They don't last. I mean, shit, you can watch Casino and find that out. You know? Now, niggas I mean, this about Jimmy Dore because I don't really follow this debate that that well. Oh, no bother. He, oh, wait, he's, he's what he's what I want to know is the problem with what he's saying. The timing, the the hill that he's picking to die on. What what exactly is it? Is it the tone? Is it that he's alienating people? Is it that he's um, attacking allies? What is the gist of the? Cause I know it has something to do with AOC and something to do with Medicare for all, but I'm not really good in the procedural stuff. So I know some people say the type of vote that he um, is trying to push her to do, it's not really worth the grief that he's expecting. What he's saying is, what he's trying to do is single out. He started by single out, singling out AOC, saying that she's not trying to force a Medicare for all vote in, in Congress. Now, okay, you're going to force me to force her. You're going to put her, put her on the spotlight. Okay, all right. What's your plan after that? Okay, we have no momentum for this. Right now, niggas is trying to get that check, bro. Like, you're going, you're coming out of nowhere with this, and you got no plan. And here's the thing. You got no people. You got no click, homie. Why should anyone listen to what you got going on right now when you got nobody on the ground? Then you say, fuck AOC and fuck anyone protecting her. Now, don't get me wrong. Andre, Andre had to check me out. He's like, yo, these politicians need to know how to take it and this and that. I'm like, okay. But at the same time, once you put it in those terms, now you now now you getting now you getting into some territory where it's like okay fuck me okay all right all right I see what time it is now you created a situation so divisive then you go after DSA activists now the DSA ain't perfect bro it's super white it's it's not perfect man not at all it'd be some dumb motherfuckers in the DSA. So basically, yeah. the, the DSA got sucked into it. it like, he started attacking people, and what I'm saying is it's not perfect. But yo, I love it, man. It ain't it ain't perfect. Then you got dumb motherfuckers like me who be talking about pogging on Twitter, you know, <laughs> bro. Like we we not perfect, man. But you know what? I'm in it because I want things to change, and I can't talk about how white it is if I don't put my face up there and say, "Hey, niggas in the DSA too, real niggas who like ass, join us." You know, it's very welcoming, right? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, man, is like he's he's coming in night night now. He's recruiting people like, OK, you have Brianna Breejoy. OK, two years ago, she was a legislative lawyer, bro. She was a corporate lawyer. So it's like, OK, she doesn't have an organizing background. All right. She's passionate. OK. And you got this cat named Proud Socialist Ryan Knight. Who are you, nigga? Who are you? Bro, bro dude look like a creator wrestler, just white dude. Out of, they made that dude in SmackDown versus Raw, bro. Like, come on, man. Like. I don't know who this dude is. He don't represent no DSA. Everyone from a DSA has one or two person that's co-signed them and says, yeah, I, I've, I've canvassed with him, etc." I got about two or three people like that that say, yo, this is a good dude. You know, no one knows who these people are. They're not organizers, man. So you're going to, there's already, listen to me, there's already people that are doing things to try to get Medicare for all. Nothing says white savior than inserting yourself and calling everybody else phony if they don't do it your way when there's people that's been dedicated to this. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're going to, okay, so the, the vote would have been like today or whatever. Okay, so what's your plan afterwards? People who, like I said, let me tell you something, man. You need leverage, my nigga. You don't force nobody to do a damn thing. You got to have leverage. What do you have to lose? It's, I, I, I talked about this with Kenzo. Let's say to the left. Let's say I go, let's say I go to, I always use this example, Hakeem Jeffries, man. 
Let's say I go to Hakeem Jeffries. I'm like, what's good, bro? Jap you up, okay? You know, shake your hand in a black way. We niggas, okay? All right, you like Biggie, okay? To the left of me, I have Jackson Williams, okay? Non-binary organizing. They have 400 volunteers that are ready to knock on doors and put your name out here saying that you don't support Medicare for all. Then to my right, okay? Then to my right, I have this group of, you know, nurses that's, that are ready to pull their fucking support of you. Hakeem Jeffries says, yo, I can't have my name out there like that. They'll punish me at the ballot box. 400 volunteers, that's pretty damn good. Okay, all right, we can get a vote. Okay, that's leverage. Yelling into YouTube don't mean shit to me. If I'm Nancy Pelosi, I'm like, bro, I'm speaker of the motherfucking house. Who the fuck is you? Fuck your millions on YouTube. I got millions in the bank, nigga. You got nothing on me. You need leverage when people got power. And when you deal with people with power, you don't say, fuck you and fuck who's protected you. That's gangster shit. That's, that's, I'm ready to shoot the club up mentality. And that, that, that don't go, that don't go far in this world. If, am I making sense here? Yeah, no, it's totally, it's totally making sense. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, but this stuff that's happening, right, where even though I'm not following it intently, right, so I can't weigh in too tough, uh, I do find people, I saw today somebody compare uh, Jimmy Dora to Malcolm X. Oh, God, I saw that too. Yeah, and I was like, y'all always got to put too much on everything. Like, you can't just, like, I don't know why y'all always got to do that. Nigga, nigga, you know he takes pro-Assad money? Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, this is a, this is a, it's a, it's a known, you can Google it, it's confirmed. I remember um, Sam Cedar was talking about it. Like, this is, bro, he's taking pro-Assad money. So what other, when you have someone that's, let's say, let's say, okay, shout out to my girl, Esha, man. Esha gotta be having some wild stances sometimes, but she's not taking any money. She believes it, you know? I'm not with all her pro style and this stuff, but that's a, it's a take that she genuinely believes. And I like Esha, man. She's a very nice person. She's not a bad has actor. Tried, has he tried to contextualize? But, but well, yeah, he, he he tried to he tried to he didn't even want to admit to this shit. When you take money for stances and you're willing to say, oh, he Assad didn't do this and this and this. Once you do that, bro, you know different than the evangelical industrial complex we got here. You know, you know different. If a government can buy you, anyone can buy you, bro. So what happens is he takes money from a pro Assad group. Is it to make pro side stances or, oh, so it's not for... Th- now, here's something he really pissed me off with. His praising of the imprisonment of Lula da Silva in Brazil and praising the operation saying he was corrupt when the whole thing was fucking, it was a sham. Mr. I don't support Hillary Clinton. Well, you sure do, did support what happened with um, Lula was a um, populist president, a real populist leftist president in Brazil. Um, they had a operation called Lava Jato, which, you know, they tried to get him basically on some corruption shit. I'm not saying he wasn't completely cor- He didn't have any corruption, whatever, but it was very small. And that led to his imprisonment. Jimmy Dore was praising that. Mr. Leftist, Mr. Progressive praised the biggest leftist in South America. You know, and, 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 and he was okay with that. So it tells me, who else paid you to say that, bro? You're giving pro-Bolsonaro statements, bro? No. No, you saying for you feel that puta low, bro? No. No. He is not an honest actor, my nigga. Mm. Here's the thing. And he lacks, like, what Tariq Nasheed does. Because Tariq can be funny, man. You know, Tariq can be funny. Tariq is not an honest actor, but that nigga do be, he do be roasting, man. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, it's you funny. know, I, I'll stand back and watch him and Dr. Umar just do what they do. But I know what he's about. Whereas to me, Jimmy Dore don't got none of that charisma. Maybe maybe he got that type of charisma to smile my white folks, but not for me. There's no redeeming qualities for me to him. 
You know, plus my dad, Sam Cedar, man, he waiting on you, cuz. You, you know and, Sam Cedar waiting in the cut, bro. And the two of them, the, the two of them, uh, from what I know, don't get along, right? Oh, hell no, because... Michael Brooks and Jimmy Dore have gotten into no, it. Oh, yeah, he hated him, bro. Michael was my nigga, man. He did not like that dude. Private, he used to go in. But the thing is, is um, Sam Cedar had a debate with Jimmy Dore made him look like a fucking idiot, bro. Jimmy Dore didn't know what a filibuster was. Oh. You know, bro, Jimmy Dore be on Tucker Carlson, my nigga. Mr. Leftist, you go on the White Power Hour. Now, if I go on Tucker Carlson, you know that's going to be an event, bro. I'm going, bro. I'm I'm putting on a Utah Jazz fucking fit, you know, like Cameron did on Bill O'Reilly, bro. I'm going I'm going in on that white boy. Mm. But he went on there. Oh, and he was, he just was cool. on Jimmy Dore. Or so he was on Tucker Carlson. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm looking it up now. Yeah. These niggas, it's not. They're not honest actors, man. Yeah. I mean, the only... Interaction I had with Jimmy Dore. I went on the Katie Halper show and Oh, you know Katie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, she's she's on this tip too right now. I can't say I agree with it, but Katie I right, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm I went on the show and he was there, but I came at the tail end of the debate and he you know, he was he was he was pleasant to me, but I don't really know much about him and all this inside baseball fighting and what's happening to me lately is i'm trying to spend less time on twitter like i try to spend like an hour here and then go off because i felt like it was melting my brain and what i started realizing with twitter if you're not on it 24 7 it only takes three hours to be lost it's like exactly. coming in on episode eight of a nine episode miniseries i started realizing like damn i never know what's going on anymore like uh i log in one day and everyone's talking about like today I logged in, everyone's talking about Bean Dad. I'm like, what the hell is Bean Dad? And talking about tall girls. And I missed the whole thing. Like everyone's wrapping up the latest storyline and I'm still trying to catch up. So it's like with the Jimmy Dore thing, I pop in, something new is happening. Nomiki Const is getting mad. Jimmy Dore is- Shout out Nomiki. What's that? Shout out Nomiki. That's my yeah, girl, man. We cool. Yeah, shout out Nomiki. Yeah. And each time I uh, pop in, something new has happened and someone else has weighed in. And I've, I just gave up on like untangling uh, any of it. So I can't like, you know, agree or deny about any of the pro Assad stuff or anything. Like I'm going to do my Googles on that and look it up. Look it up after. Hold but, on. Shout out Fred Joe Star. Crazy. Shout out Fred Joe Star. Do your Googles, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm I'm gonna have to do my Googles and figure it, and figure it out because it's it's um this one I want to ask you in general like I think post Bernie I feel like Bernie rightly or wrongly ended up being a very galvanizing force for people like for people like you organize and mobilize like regularly all the time I mean I think you're gonna do what you do whether or not there's a Bernie in the mix or not but I think for a lot of people they turn Bernie into the the North Star. So I feel like with him gone, there's like a lot of like lost sheep, so to speak, who don't really know which direction to go or what to do next. They look like kind of demoralized a little bit. And I was wondering what you think about that, because I feel like this whole Jimmy Dore AOC thing is kind of an example of people not knowing. Like there was a bigger feeling of unity when everyone just was thinking, OK, here's an election. Here's a guy we want to win. Now it didn't work out. Now it's time to figure out where do, where do people go from here? And I think that's where everyone's running around with, around um, trying to figure out where they fit in, what to do next. And I want to know what your thoughts about that are, like what your predictions, what you feel is going to shake out from all this. I'm a case manager at a homeless shelter, bro. Remember when I told you I lived this? It's like, you know, I spent from 2009 to up until I'd say 20, early 2018, I used to call the Sam Sears. So there's archived calls of me calling, talking about when I'd have to deal with kids in the group home and just all types of fucked up stuff. 
like I was always, you know, remember I told you, like, I really don't care to call myself a communist because, like, it was about your actions, what you can do. You can have all the emojis and shit that you want. Here's another thing. You voted in a primary. You didn't join a fucking cult, okay? It doesn't begin and end with Bernie. It doesn't begin and end in Mar- with Marx. It don't, niggas don't give a fuck about Marx. Niggas really don't care about Medicare for all if you say it like that. But if you say, yo, health care for your mama, man, she got that diabetes, my nigga, like, you don't want your family to go bankrupt? Nah, man, nah, nah. Get the signature, cuz. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's about, like, can you reach your people and talk to them and live what you're talking about, man? Okay, Bernie, yeah, he, Bernard had the right ideas, man. Cool. But it wasn't, it was, like I said, you didn't join a cult, my nigga. You voted in a primary. If it's really about leftism and hammering sickles and this and that, you got to get out there. People are waiting for you to help. Get out there. We need you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, for me, man, like, I live this. This is what I do. If when I'm, let's say, let's say the last time I canvassed was for Carol Fife. Okay, Carol for housing. Shout out, Carol. You're so awesome. I'm sorry I missed you at the park. Like, bro. Going door to door for her and then confirming, listen to me, confirming ballots, bro. Like up until 7.30 on on November 3rd, up until 7.30 p.m., we made sure there were no ballots to be given. We made sure everyone voted on our app. You feel me? Yeah. That was how dedicated I am. So it's like, for me, I'm always going to live this. If you want change, you got to be that change. If you can't, let's say you, 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 you know, so there's some folks, that's why I don't say retarded because it's like, yo, it'd be some, some cats that are really going through some things. I don't want them to feel like I don't fuck with them. So let's say somebody's like got some, you know, disabilities, things like that. Okay. Make sure you writing, make sure you writing your reps, make sure you're doing this, make sure you, you know, you, you, you know, you're getting the word out. Now let's say, you know, there's a, you know, a shout out to my nigga, my nigga Jordan from East Bay DSA. He, he donates, you know, he makes sure he donates, he supports things, you know, I'll never forget, man. Like, um, I did a two day fucking drive and raised like $1,800 for people who were behind on their rent. And he helped with that, you know, shout out my nigga TJ, he gave big help with that too, you know? And so basically he, you know, it's like, okay, if you don't have time, you got a great job, donate, right? Now, if you got some free time, you just work in a regular thing, you got no kids, Bro, we need you. Get out there. You know what I'm saying? You can get out there. Like I said, I got, I'm working on my thing, Operation Seize Power. I'll be talking to, to, to the filmmaker Josh Fox this week about my idea. Okay? And it's just like, yo, like, get out there. We need you. And it's like, if you're not living it, if you're just on Twitter, like, I know what you mean about Twitter. And like I said, that's why I don't really talk much about the discourse. You know? Like, like, yeah. like a lot of times, like I said, you follow me, bro. I just be having fun, man. Yeah, yeah. I just be having fun. You know why? Because I'm living this shit, man. I can I can never organize again and show up to work in my homeless shelter, and I'm living it. And I feel like a lot of people are losing the plot with all that online discourse. It's uh, it gets counterproductive like real fast. I think. I mean, imagine every day, bro, pointing out dumb shit on Twitter, and I'm not talking about dumb shit like I like to. Let me tell you something. Like the last thing I pointed out was like last thing I had fun with was um, Playboy Cardi. <laughs> saying I had some thoughts or something like that. They thought I was gay. I was like, oh, they thought you were gay, my nigga. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I'm more, I'm really trying more interested in that discourse, you know? Yeah. Um, or let me ask you this. Playboy Cardi impregnated Iggy, Iggy Azalea, and then she want to be like, he don't want to be with his kid. He's at an album release. Well, why do you want to bring a kid to an album release? Yeah. I mean, you knew what this nigga was, you know? See, that discourse is way more interesting. And I feel like I feel like at least that's 
meant to kind of at the end of the day go nowhere. Like, exactly. Like, <laughs> give their thoughts, you know. Um, but politics, you're meant to like actually mobilize, agree on, and move on something. So I feel like it's a totally different thing. I think Twitter's made for that, and that's good. Like, you know, uh, people crack jokes on Iggy Azalea, crack jokes on Playboy Cardi. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, this whole, like, people... I mean, there's people, like you said, with the hashtag activism, like their whole life begins and ends like online. They, they think they can like post their way to freedom and it's just not going to happen. I mean, like, exactly, man. Like, again, it's like, who who you clicked up with to make these changes? You know, who you clicked up with? Who, who do you know that, you know, who, who, how many people do you have? You know, it's like, come on, man. Like, like these people got no backing and they make it all the demands. And like I said, bro, you ain't finna force the squad to do nothing. You know, and then AOC is like, yo, this is violence. I'm like, all right, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> so, so she addressed it explicitly? Like she said? She said something like, keep in mind, I catch this because I'll be at work and it'll get slow. Yeah. You know, it'll get slow. Like I'll be watching, I'll be watching stuff because I'll have no case. Because here's the thing at the shelters, like there's not a lot of clients. You know, we, we have our clients are either in hotels or they're like really spread out, you know, and it's just like. AOC was like, yo, this tweet is violence and this and that. Like, if you're saying fuck her and fuck those who are protecting her, that's violence. I'm like, nah, you just running his mouth. You need to calm down. You know? Yeah. I mean, you notice, you notice, don't nobody come at Rashida like that. No, they don't. Nah. They don't. Let me uh, tell you something, bro. Rashida, uh, that's my favorite member, man. You know, I love Rashida, bro. First of all, her name is Rashida, but I mean, you can't have that name without some type of, you know, you got to have something about you. You feel yeah. Now, I'm not saying that she's like Wendy Muse status where I have a big crush on her. I'm just saying that, like, you know, Rashida, bro, she don't fuck around. You know? Big shout out Rashida to me. Hey, but do you think there's any benefit? Because what some people are saying is that there's a benefit from forcing the conversation, um, even if she doesn't end up forcing the vote on the floor, that there's a benefit to uh, having this uh, debate about what to expect from the squad. Do you find that persuasive at all? Because that's the main uh, thing I've seen in support of Jimmy Dore, even from the people who uh, disagree about whether forcing the vote will work. They try to say, oh, oh at least it's a good conversation for the left to uh, have as far as working out what shared values they want to do. Or Yeah, like sure. It is, it is a good conversation to have. But here's the thing. You need momentum. Mm. To talk about building momentum. Now, this nigga Jimmy Dore got a one point whatever million dollar home. Okay, cool. You rich, bro. So what are you going to put any of those resources into getting people out there, getting signatures? Remember when I was telling you, you have to pressure reps. You have to make calls. You got to get a momentum going. You got to make people feel that pressure. And like I said, this is what the Republican Party is so good at, man. They say, you know what? Nah, build the wall. But what do you mean? We don't even have a plan to do that shit. We don't need no plan. They can just say you're going to do it. Okay. And then there are people like, yeah, we want that wall. Build that wall. And if you don't support that shit, well, then fuck you. It's like, bro, they get on code so quick. You notice that? Oh, yeah, for sure. They get on code really quick. Here's another thing they're really good at. Making people feel welcome. Like, nigga, QAnon is the dumb. I'm a veteran, bro. QAnon is the most insane thing I've ever heard. I'm a veteran. I had PRP clearance, meaning I had nuclear clearance, which ain't shit. Um, I think I had a secret, either a secret or classified fucking clearance. I don't fucking remember because I don't give a fuck. But, like, those intelligence protocols are serious. So the idea that somebody with a Q-class clearance is on the internet making posts, nigga, that's a CIA op or just a fucking lie. And, and journalists already exposed who it probably was. Yeah, people believe it. And Republicans say, yo, this is extreme. It's kind of insane. Yo, let's fuck with it, man. Let's see where it goes. Whereas on the left, it's like, 
communism. <laughs> Please. Absolutely not. Like, niggas be sipping wine telling you to go fuck yourself, man. Republicans make everybody feel welcome, my nigga. We don't do that. Bro, look at, okay, look at, let's say, for instance, Jimmy Dore. It's like, fuck everybody who's not fucking with me and the way I'm doing things. They don't do that on the right, you know? They're like, yo, he supports Hitler. But did he say he supported Hitler? No. We have to be open to ideas. You know, like, they, they just welcome anybody for better or worse. Yep. We don't welcome nobody, bro. And that's yeah. why, that's why, not to cut you off, but that's, that's why I say, yo, I try to keep, I try to hold it together as best I can. Because I, I mean, try to be welcoming. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I feel with the left in general, like, they can start infighting before they even make any roads against their enemies in a way where I feel like the right worries about their enemies first and then uh, infights, you know, when things die down. And I feel like, uh, I mean, there's good sides and bad sides to that because I feel like if you want to actually create and build something, you do have to uh, figure out what it is you're fighting for. But I do think the left has a bad habit of dying on some dumb hills at the wrong time in in general. I think one of the biggest mistakes these leftists make is putting investment into, you know, waiting for the courts to give you something. And I tell you something, uh, Patrice O'Neill said this, I don't want white folks giving me anything because then they'll take that shit away. You know, then they can rub it in your face and take it away, voting rights, etc. If you want respect, that shit's got to be taken. You know, if you if you're going to sit here and wait for a vote, like, bro, don't wait for a politician to save you. You got to get out there. You know, that's one of the like I said, bro, like like the right wing uses the left wing playbook to get their thing out there. They get people on the ground. They get momentum. They get marches going, even if it's astroturfed. That's the biggest mistake that the left made from, you know, when it came to the 60s and, and civil rights is that. Niggas just waiting on the court to give you something. Waiting on a politician to give you something. Nigga, that respect has to be taken. Like, if you look at Kwame Torre talk about mobilization versus um, organizing, it's a pretty good speech. If anybody was to Google it on YouTube, it's pretty hold good. On, hold on, shout out Adam Hudson. He, 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 he was the one who encouraged me to get Kwame Torre's book, which I got it. You know, appreciate that, Adam. Yeah, Adam Hudson knows this stuff. Uh, we're actually going to have him on this this week, too. Tell, uh, yeah, ask him why he's friends with a nigga like me who's a complete scumbag. You should ask him that. You know, <laughs> like, 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 Adam, you're very pro-black, yet Cole James Cash talks about his body count, hoes, and city girls. And How do you feel about <laughs> the, uh Yeah, I mean, he made a good point about uh, Martin Luther King being a good, like, uh, mobilizer, but he didn't really organize. He w- he didn't really have a a base among like the the black Christian um, coalitions. Like uh, whereas Malcolm X, when he left the place, he would build a mosque or he he uh, create something that he that he left behind. And yeah, and I feel like that's a big problem, especially I think hashtag activism, especially now, is really really encouraging mobilizing over organizing. You know. Yeah, and and you know. The reality is I'm Pan-African is just like him because it's like, yo, if it's pro-black, it's pro-black. You don't, I don't like to, like, here's the thing, like, that ADOS shit was okay until you started hating on everybody else. Like, why should, why should, why should there be denial for black Latinos? We're still black, like, it doesn't change. Tariq Nasheed was like, yo, the, the high AIDS epidemic in Atlanta is because of African immigrants. Like, bro, it's pro-white shit, dude. You know? It's like, everything doesn't have to be divisive like that. And Adam is a real big proponent of that. And, and you know, I, I really, I have a lot of respect for him, even if he may not agree with all my <laughs> stances on dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> as far as the ADO Weston goes, I feel like Yvette 
and um, Tone Talks. Like, I know them. I'm friends. Well, I'm not, I don't know Tone Talks, but I'm friends with Yvette Carnell and stuff. And there are some people in Ada West who go really overboard with the um, anti-immigrant stuff, like as far as, especially like uh, when it comes to trolling on, on Twitter. But I do think that she has some good points that I, I think are worth listening to, especially with regards to, uh, she is actually trying to do some kind of politics, which I think more people need to do as far as creating chapters, creating platforms. Like, didn't, didn't she get rid of her anti-immigrant stance? Well, how is she friends with you and you hate him? I'm surprised. Well, we, it's, it's interesting because um, we talk about a lot of things and the she herself has never expressed anything um, anti-immigrant to me. But there are people in her um, following, and I've gotten into it with some people on Twitter and everything with the whole um, anti-immigrant stance and everything. But the way I the way I look at things, if you make something that makes sense and I agree with it, then you know I I agree with it. What I don't agree with you on, you know, we can um, talk about. And one of the things that I talked to her about when she was first on the show was I was talking about the whole idea of about having followers who are very, some followers who are very anti-immigrant and stuff. And she was like, yeah, you know, we can't really be responsible for all our um, people who are into us who are like bad faith actors and everything. And that was early on. But as time went on, I was thinking, okay, there's more and more, there's more and more uh, people you see here and there on on the internet who are just saying like wild things, and I was thinking to myself, you can't just write them all off as uh, bad apples. And I will say, in a recent in a recent YouTube, she did call out the people who do that as as um, that you know you don't represent the movement, and if you're coming at um, immigrants any certain way, then uh, you're not part of our movement and program. And people took it different ways. Some people said it's too little, too late. Some people said it was uh, long overdue, but needed. And then some people, you know, felt like she was just, just doing it, you know, because she wants to get to the next level and she has to do it. I've seen all different takes on her, but I mean, the one thing I do encourage people to do is to actually like look at her videos, like in their full context and, and watch them because while I don't rock with every single thing she says, I do think people kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater with her because to build a Pan-African movement, this is what I'm trying to tell some Pan-Africans is you're going to need Black Americans on board in a Pan-African movement. If they've got complaints, you don't have to agree with them, but you at least have to try to understand where they're um, coming from. And I feel like that's kind of a problem with ADOS. People just have a preconception of the whole movement and throw out the baby with the bathwater. And I just feel like there's something they're tapping into that people are tired of. And I think it's getting too much to just dismiss out of hand. I don't know. I would say, hopefully I just, I'm going to let Adam decide before I make an opinion. I'm not trying to think for myself on this. I'm going to say, Adam, what you think? You fucking with it? Okay, if you fucking with it, I'm fucking with it. Because that's his that's his area of expertise, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think that I, I softened myself a little bit on eBay because she decided to get rid of the anti-immigrant retort, you know? And I did, you know, I would love to talk to her and ask, so what happened with you and Tariq, bro? Because remember, you, you remember the civil war between ADOS and FBA? Oh, yeah. It's even, it's even uh, restarted. That thing has kicked off again. Uh, oh, God. Today. I logged into Twitter and that, and that started up again. God. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, God. I mean, I will say something that this is what I would recommend to a lot of people is if you get on the app Clubhouse, I don't know. Um, are you on the app Clubhouse at all? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's an interesting. It's an interesting app. There's a lot of grifters and scammers on it. But the one good thing about that app is not like Twitter where people can force their crappy opinions on you. Like if you see a room and it's titled like black men are trash or it's like, you know, here's how to make a million dollars, you know, flipping real estate. You can just ignore it. If you see LLC Twitter talking about invest your stimulus check and and form an LLC and get rich, you can just be like, oh, that's that Twitter LLC meme is fucking hilarious. Like on Twitter, those LLC people always find you and let me tell you something and see yeah. that's why you need to log into Twitter is for the rap shit I was talking about and that type of shit niggas yep. getting roasted now here, here's what I'll say you know why I'm not on Clubhouse because that shit reminds me of the party line some shit I used to call when I was a teen um I, I, I feel I feel like I should do a special episode on that but yeah like it's very much like a party line yes the party line bro and, and, yeah, and, and I'm not, it, the good thing about it it doesn't have to be People make into a party line, like, you know, if it's something like the shoot your shot room and people go in there and they'll be doing whatever. But they have some political rooms in there that surprisingly, um, you know, good. But, but listen, listen, if you're on Clubhouse, I'll, gra- I'll get on. If you're yeah. on there, you know, if you're on there, I'll get on. But yeah, yeah, I, mean, it, I, mean, it, I mean, you can't you be think, on you there think, you think you want to be music on there? Um, maybe. <laughs> Hell no, bro. You can invite if, um, Once you're in, you can like use the bro, invite. I am, not, never... <laughs> I am not interacting with Wendy so I can soil her good name, bro. I am not doing that. I would never, ever put her in a position to where she has to say she is any way, shape, or form affiliated with a piece of shit like me. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but nah, bro. I'm not going to bother Wendy, man. She's, you know, she's very busy being intelligent and also extremely fucking grumpy but the reason why i was bringing up um clubhouse is uh yvette is on there uh heavy and that's one place you could actually just talk to her straight up like because it's an open open forum because i think she um acquits herself much better uh there than on than on twitter like you know in the spoken in the spoken format where you can engage back and forth and i mean I've known people who have engaged with her there who have softened on her some. Some people haven't. You know, I'm not going to tell you you're definitely going to, going to soften on her. Uh, but I would say if anybody was to try to give her a second chance to do it on Clubhouse, and then if after that you still don't fuck with her in any shape or form, then, you know, I wouldn't tell you anything else. That was the only reason I was bringing it up. No, I got you. You know, I'm, I'm going to download it. But here's the problem. Sure, it starts off with me downloading it for a good purpose. But just like Twitter, it just devolves into me doing some bullshit, man. So I think that's probably what I'm going to end up on. But yeah, I'm going to download it. I'm going to see what's up. And, and, and I'm, listen to me, I'm always down to, 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 make, to appear or, you know, contribute to positive discourse. But if I'm no one's contributing positively, I'm just going just to devolve into just fucking scumbaggery, man. You know, because I'm always, I'm always looking to have fun. That's what. Yeah, I mean, in that case, you know, take it with a grain of salt because it does have a lot of uh, opportunity for bullshit too. Like probably even more so than than Twitter. Uh, I see people who like will be on that thing from like twenty four hours. Like I'll check in the morning, I'll check in the afternoon, I'll check in the evening, and the same person's in the same room. I'm like, damn, dude, like what are you doing? Yeah, so but do me a favor, uh, pitch. 
pitch your stuff, man. Make sure everybody knows where to find everything. Uh, like between the Ghetto News Network to the Means TV thing, are you wrapping up the? You know, you know what? Hold on. You know what I didn't say is that yeah, yeah. I actually because with musically, like you know, there's so much to talk about with me because I'm fucking so arrogant. But I actually, you know, I have a bunch of hip hop stuff you can find on my Bandcamp, coldjamescash.bandcamp.com. But I'm actually making the transition into house music right now, or slash footwork slash Chicago footwork and um, I'm making a transition into that right now so like you know I've been DJing since 96 man so it's like that shit's just second nature to me if you go um youtube.com slash um called James Cash Show like you'll see you'll you'll hear like my music I play my music before every show and stuff a bunch of unreleased shit and this and that but mm. There Basically, really people like you in house music because I'm telling you, electronic music is the most gentri- gentrified. Bro, they took it from us. Oh, it's so gentrified. Like people talk about rock and roll, but let me this. Shout out my nigga DJ Phil, the whole Tech Life crew. Shout out my nigga DJ Rolo and all the all the other cash juice juke bounce work. Juke slash footwork is still very black, man. Very much so. Like we got a lot of control over that, so I'm very proud of that. And yeah, that's a big reason why I want to get into it. I'm not even trying to get any money. I just want to say I was in it, you know. And um, it's just like I'm making my chances that you can support me on Patreon because I like, you know, I um my Patreon levels have gone down because I haven't. Been, I don't. I don't know if you noticed. I don't almost never promote my own stuff, dude. Like I'm really bad about that. You know, I'm really bad about spamming my stuff. So if you want to be a patron for as little as two dollars, patreon.com slash Cole James Cash Show. You know, your boy, I'm going I'm going full time. Um, it should be I wanna say late January because I'll be settled up there with my partner out in Canada. And basically I'll be going five days a week. You know, I'll be going five days a week. I'll be going Yeah, so you know, I'll be going five days a week, five PM Eastern Standard Time. And I'm going to be doing a show every day, an hour and a half to two hours. And every day, it's going to, I'm going to be concentrating on some news items. But then second half, man, I'm just, I might be talking about music interviews because I'm a musician, bro. I love this shit. I love DJing. I like, I love this shit. So yeah, you can see my, and also soundcloud.com slash GNN channel 10, where you can hear all the older SoundCloud episodes as well as hear my music and things like that. Like, you know, um, and then of course you have, you know, my YouTube, youtube.com slash Cole James Cash. Is the, is a full-time show going to be the means, cha- the means channel show? Oh wait, no, 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 that's going to be actually, no, it's youtube.com slash ghetto news network. Literally the spelling ghetto news network network but no the mean show is going to be completely different that's going to be a completely different thing like produced thing you know that's going to be like a tv show tv show so you're really going to be full-time you're going to be pretty busy yeah so i need bro let me tell y'all something man if you want to see more black ass niggas from east oakland out in this media shit you gotta jump on my patreon gotta support your boy sayoutube.com slash ghetto news network you know i'm gonna be going full time man the last episode i did was on missing native women that's a big um that's a big thing i concentrate on missing indigenous women is a fucking epidemic bro so i brought on my homegirl christy 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 richardville aka white eagle to come on and talk about it and, um, you know, it's just, like I said, that's the one thing I really, really concentrate on. Like I said, man, it's just, you know. You're going to have a good time in Canada then because the, the native politics. Oh, bro, my, politics my partner's Canada, native, bro. My partner's Ojibwe, man. Like she, you know, bro, like we, we, we I'm in this. I am yeah. in this. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm That's in okay. it, bro. Trust me. I'm going to be up there putting in work. You know, I'm going to be out there. And like I said, I'm going to do the Andre and Andre show. That'll be once a month. If you want to, let me tell you something. This nigga Andre, right? 
he um we have this idea so we're gonna have these patron episodes where he has to watch a movie and for the first episode he has two choices he can either watch for colored girls or he can watch antebellum on like oh my god oh yes yes i want him to pick for colored girls bro yeah and i think he's already seen antebellum no no he hasn't he hasn't he's seen harriet he hated it Oh, he didn't see Antebellum? I don't know. No. I saw, I saw Antebellum. That thing is a steaming turd. Nigga, <laughs> but I need him to watch it. Yes, I want to see him. <laughs> let, let me tell you something. That nigga loves to be tortured, bro. Like, he does. Like, he, he, he'll he say, I'm going to log off Twitter. I guarantee he's tweeting the last 15 minutes. Morning. Yeah, I, I think I think for Color Girl, I think Antebellum politically bothers me more, but for colored girls is more torturous. It's as far as misery porn. That is the most Mega. misery porn movie ever. Mega. When I seen that clip, Janet Jackson, oh, <laughs> so you doing the bend. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this is seen with a baby out the window. I, I tried to put it out of my mind, but something happens with a baby going out the Like, it's just. Oh, this is good. Misery. I, I want to see him watch watch that. I definitely you see. This is what I try to tell him, like, bro. We could get patrons, just people hearing you be miserable, my nigga. Because people don't know how cool Andre is, man. Because I talk to him a lot. You know, I've known him almost two years now. I talk to him a lot. And I'd be like, bro, people need to hear you talk about non-politics. Because we'd be talking about anime and shit. Like, niggas need to hear this. You yeah, know? he knows his anime pretty good. And, and here's the thing. You got to think about me. I'm ready to be that dumb nigga. You know, I'm ready to be that stupid ass motherfucker who takes the dumbest stance possible just to just so he could just talk his shit to me you know like for fun you know like it's so that's okay with me you know I'm, i don't mind being his foil you know and it's like you know i want i want him to have fun man that nigga needs to cheer the fuck up it's like the last thing i'll tell you is this one time i've been getting on that nigga because i'm like yo man so why is it that you all about this socialism and communism yet you got a better computer setup than me so why is it capitalism for your crib and your nice ass computer setup and all i got is a little you know 32 inch tv you're not donating money it's so so socialism for me and all the cool shit for you like i took this ridiculous stance on him dude he was fucking so annoyed dude <laughs> then there was a time he said that uh, he said that he can't he can't wait for me to come over so he could slam the door in my face then he said he was gonna shoot me you know like yeah then he said he was gonna let my partner in and not me you know like it's all kinds of funny shit dude he'd be bro he's hilarious man and he doesn't get to be that guy on twitter a lot you know yeah i think people would be surprised in a pleasant oh, way yeah man i can bring it out of him man you know i can bring it out of him because i'll never be disrespectful to him but i step on the line just enough man just enough and then i'll be asking him questions such as you know <clears throat> kayla mckinney do you think she good looking and that nigga, I, he's going to be on camera and be like, listen, man, you need, you need to tell the audience, look at the camera and say, you wouldn't hit that. I need you to do this. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, st- dumb shit like that, man. You know, like that, that. That's what I'm trying to do, man. I'm just trying to get him to have some fun, man. So, yeah, patreon.com slash coaching cash show, y'all. Yeah, man. Yo, thanks for doing this, man. It was a, a long overdue. I'm glad we got to do it. And I hope your transition to Canada goes pretty smoothly and it will. you can get up and running. It will, bro. Like, we, we half my stuff is there, man. I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to live. I'm ready to live the, the, the down ass, just married, you know, just settling down. And, you know, I'm ready to live that life, man. I went to therapy. I'm ready, man. I wasn't ready before. Nice. When you guys, when you guys are up and running, please let us know so you can, we can plug you. Absolutely. And when that next time I'm in New York, you know, I'm going to hit you up. I'm like, 
Oh, for real, bro. You know, because I got a lot of niggas out there. I got a lot of niggas in New York, particularly Queens. And shout out Woodside, Left Frank, all that shit, man. You know? Yeah, man. Hopefully this COVID shit will be over too so we can link up. I know, man. I Also, I need all strip clubs to be open. Um, Oh, hold on. Before I go, you seen niggas partying out in Atlanta, bro? Yeah, we're, man. We, we, we're never going to make it, money. <laughs> Dude, I I know someone who knows the promoter. <laughs> and I was asking like, "What's up with your boy? Why is he promoting stuff?" But it's like it's like drug dealing. He's like, "If it's if it's not me, you're gonna get it from someone." So I might as well. He's like, "Niggas want to party." That, that was his answer. So that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dude, that's like he doesn't even have to be there. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically. Just, 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 spray it with some Lysol and bounce. I mean, look, man, I I I hate you know I'm a leftist, so I could never contribute to such idiocy. But if I wasn't, I wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> All right, man. Be good.